It's Thursday, April 6th, 2023, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 293, The Adventures of Useless Inkaloo. Run time for this episode is one hour, two minutes. Welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast that we record like once every six months. My name is Jeremy. I'm Tyler. It's uh, apparently opposite day this time around. My name is Zach. What do you mean? I beat this game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we did. We played Shadow of the Colossus. I don't have any joke about it. I, I also have just struggled to talk about it because I haven't played it in like a month and a half because I loaned it to <laughs> Zach and then we didn't record because I got sick. So it's been even longer than normal. And normally I would have popped it in and played it again to refresh my memory, but I didn't have it. No, because I hadn't returned it yet, which I actually am doing today. I feel like you have. It is in my house, so I feel like you have returned it. Yes, but you didn't have an opportunity to play it ahead of time. No. That's more of what I was getting at. What What is the mysterious thing under the Shadow of the Colossus, Zach? It's the other game I borrowed from Jeremy more than a year ago that I haven't played since. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, excellent. One of these, I have a, I have a loose PlayStation 4, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 4, god damn, I cannot speak floating around the ether that has my name on it that I need to collect at some point, specifically so I can play FF7 Remake. Uh, that is a video game. It, <laughs> I, I, I even might say a good video game, and then I remember the combat, and then I forget the combat and remember what I what the combat is in my head and not reality, and I'm like, yeah, that is a good game. I don't remember <laughs> the combat being that bad. I remember It's it also be- been a long time since I played it. It's not bad, it's just a lot clunkier than I want it to be. The oh. fact that you haven't played it in a year, you're remembering like what they wanted the combat to be and what they were going for, and that's a pretty good game. The game is almost that, but not quite. Also, all the enemies have way too much health. That was that's my probably problem. accurate. Hey, we're, we're here. What the heck has everyone been doing for the last eight months or however long it's been? We did one in December. It hasn't okay. been that long. Oh, okay, that's not that did bad. Did we do one in December? We did Neverwinter in December. Oh, oh right. I, Thematic timing. Yeah. Uh, when it was winter, we'd never winter. Now that it's March, we do the dark game. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> it's boring, but that's what I've been doing. Also, I think last time I said I was trying to replay Breath of the Wild before Where We Droppin' Boys comes out. And <laughs> that is still true. I have gotten much closer to one of the Divine Beasts since the last time I talked about it. <laughs> have, have you been a single Divine Beast nope. on this playthrough? Uh, you know, I tried to replay Breath of the Wild, and, like, I've, it just, lo- like, the exploration was so much of an integral part of that game to me that I just can't replay it. Because I, you know where everything is? Yeah. I think that's a lot of why I haven't gone to any Divine Beasts, is I'm trying to go a very different route this time, to, like, see stuff from different angles, and I keep, like, ending up like, no, this is where you ended up last time, Jeremy, you must go another direction! Yep. <laughs> no. Uh. On, yeah. On my attempt of doing a playthrough, I ended up at the Rito Village first, um, which is like kind of way out of your way. But yeah, I was going to say I always end up at the Zora Village sometimes uh, first somehow, no matter what I do. I actually end up at Gerudo first. Um. Ever like I've tried three or four times now. Gerudo seems more out of the way than Rito to me. 
I feel like it is like you don't need any stamina requirements to get there, oh. and Rito is like you have to scale a cliff that's just barely at your limit. Okay, I guess that's fair because like I feel like the barrier to the Gerudo is like there are Lionels out there and they're scary, bro. Unless oh. you know, unless you played the game before and know what you're doing. Yeah, but. I was gonna say there's kind of a path you could just walk that isn't really like you fight some Lazalfos, but nothing really dangerous. Yeah, that's like the most fun thing about replaying it to me is how Guardians were so scary the first time I played it, and now I go up to them with three health and I'm like, I can just block your laser beam and you're dead. Actually, <laughs> you're actually the easiest enemy in the game. That moblin over there might kill me if I get careless. I got your number. Guardian of Shield Smack. I don't know. <laughs> what have you been playing, Tyler? Oh, man, all sorts of things. I'm going to talk about the most recent thing first because this is my pitch for uh, just buy this game and play it because it's $3 is Bone Razor Minions. Um, which is is it a deck building game? No, it is not. Fail. <laughs> That's what I want the game Bone Razor Minions to be. So uh, when I played Inscription, um, there's like the second portion of the game. We can talk about spoilers for Inscription now, right? It's been like two years. There's part of me that would rather you not, but I'm not actually going to play it. There's a second part of the game where you get to choose a different deck. It's I, a Castlevania. Yeah, I chose the Necromancy deck, and I want Bone Razor Minions to just be play that game with that deck. Um, <laughs> but it is not. Uh, no, Bunraiser Minions is a it's a bullet hell slash tower defense, kind of. So it's a game where when you kill minions, they drop a resource and you use it. When you get enough of it, you basically level up and it gives you a randomized option of raise a new minion of a bunch of random types or upgrade a minion or sometimes combine minions into mega minions. But then they run around the map and do stuff for you, and you can't do anything other than pick up items. So your entire purpose is to, like, lead your little colony around and have them murder everything for you. But, like, one of the upgrades that you can do is have waves in between your waves so that you have more resources for harder waves later. This sounds very Vampire Survivors. It's very Vampire Survivors. Um, one of the rewards, if you uh, leech enough health from enemies, or one of the achievements, is... uh. Vampire Survivor, so... Also, Vampire Survivor, please come out on Switch. People keep saying you are, and I'm like, I want to play that game on Switch. And then you're not on Switch. People just lie to me. <laughs> it, it says on their website it is coming to Switch, so... Yeah, but people are always saying, like, on podcasts, people I respect and look up to, it's on <laughs> Switch now. And I'm like, yay, that's where I want to play. And then it's not. <laughs> oh, no, I've been really enjoying it. Runs are only, like, 15 minutes, but it feels like I have been playing for an hour in a good way. Like, it sounds like a bad thing, but it is a good thing, I swear. Like, they're surprisingly tactical because, like, your your minion composition matters a lot, and because it's random, you have to, like, really just... It is kind of like a roguelike deck builder in the fact that you have to just kind of roll with the randomness and make something that works out of it. It sounds like it's just Vampire Survivors, but I don't want to play it as much, unfortunately. I mean, that's talk fair. about it. I mean, I have also not played Vampire Survivor yet, so... Oh, I uh, thought you had. No, I have not. Okay. Um, well, when it comes out on Switch, we have to do a suicide pack, okay? Okay. If it comes out on Switch. No, if it comes out on Switch, I will 100% pick it up on Switch and play it. Uh, Kevin has also recommended it like 12 times to me. Oh, so. yeah. It, it seems like a super good game. I just don't want to play it on PC, and I really don't want to play it on a phone. Yep. Uh, no, so I've only been playing that since like Sunday. Uh, part of what happened is I picked up a Humble Bundle that had like 40 games in it. Uh, I tried Euro Truck Simulator. That's not a game for me. I don't know why these games are so popular. I feel like they're one of those games that people might boot up and play as just like an unwind and turn on a podcast type of thing. It is so stressful, though. <laughs> no, the the uh, tutorial has you just like get out of a very crowded loading bay and then onto a street and then you drive like five feet. It took me longer to get out of the goddamn parking lot than it did to actually complete the mission. 
then I got to where I was supposed to drop off my load, and I'm like, how do I drop it off? And there is no button for detach your trailer, so I just gave up. That is like a design problem with like flight sims, right? Is that the hardest part is taking off other than landing, but the first thing you do is the second hardest part by far. Yep. Then you just go make a sandwich, and then you have to do the hard part. <laughs> like, I can see why, like, I can see myself being in a mood to play this, but I don't know that that is going to, I can't imagine what I would why I would ever play this over some other game, but I am also a much more, like, active consumer of games, usually, so. It doesn't sound like my kind of thing, either, for what it's worth. I'm just trying to come up with a reason, because you asked why does people like this game, and I'm like, I don't know. No, and I think I think you nailed it. It's, it's just a very good unwind game. Um, you had to pay attention, but not that much attention, so you could just, like like you said, listen to a podcast. Like, I do that while I'm driving. I listen to a podcast while I drive. So, I beat CrossCode, finally. Um, that's a heckin' good game. I, I don't have anything else to say about it. It's just really good. The puzzles are well designed. The combat gets a little bit repetitive. Like, I wish there was a little bit more variety in it. But I think also I am a scrub at this game's combat, despite having played it for 60 hours. Fun game, though. I put the DLC on my wish list, and we'll pick it up when it is slightly less than $15. <laughs> what else have I been playing? Not a whole lot, actually. I've been, like, reading a lot. I'm sure I've played something else since December, but I would have to look at my Steam list to figure what, out what that is. Uh, new Mario Kart wave dropped. Oh, is there anything good in it? Surprisingly, all the maps that they copied from the mobile game, whose name I forget, Mar Mario World Tour or whatever. Mario Cash Grab? Yeah, Mario Cash Grab. Um, all those tracks, actually amazing. They I like don't like the theming that much because they're just like they're cities and therefore they're not as colorful and wild as Mario Kart tracks are. But like the actual track design is, hmm, hmm, solid. Presumably that's why they took them. I wonder how heavily edited they were for this game, but I don't actually know because I've never played Mario Cash Grab. So. What, what a weird thing that Mario Kart 8 DLC is coming out in this, the year of our Lord 2023. It is baffling to me. It's surprising I mean, that they're not just releasing a new Mario Kart, right? Yeah, although I kind of like respect the move. In a weird way? Yeah, like, this is not DLC that I'm paying for, because I just have Nintendo Switch online because I play way too much Smash. So, like, I'm just going to be playing it. Oh, also, Season 2 of Splatoon dropped, which has been pretty fun. I forgot Splatoon came out again. Yep, Splatoon came out again. It's basically the same game, although there are duelies. Um, have you played with duelies? They're great. No. <laughs> I, I feel like Call of Duty should now only be allowed to be called again for the rest of time. <laughs> Madden's allowed to have years because players change. The game doesn't, but the players do. They, I think they the last one that they released actually got a really bad reception. Really? Because they didn't update enough? or Pretty much. It's my understanding is that basically EA the last couple of years has been doing jack shit with any of it. Well, That's fair. You still can't score more than 252 points in a game or it will crash. Amazing. Hey, I know how many bits that is. Yep. So <laughs> oh, that's the other thing I played. I played all of the Minish Cap. Oh, I want to do that one day. It's, uh, well, it's on, if you have Nintendo Switch Online, um, you have that. I, I, I also just have that. Doesn't yeah. it depend on the version of Nintendo Online you have? Yeah, because you like, might. I've got the $3 version, and like, I can't play N64 games with that. Yeah, I've got whatever the fancy version is, because James really wanted it, and I share a family plan with him. So, yeah, no, Minish Cap is a great game. I uh, My one problem with it is, like, I like to 100% Zelda games the first time I play it. And goddamn Minish Cap has 100 goddamn kinstones that you have to fuse, and there is no hint on where they are, and also it is random, so you can't just look it up. I mean, how many Kokorok seeds did you get, though? Um, like 400? So like half of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yes. 
I'm down to two kinstones left to fuse and like six hard piece containers. And like, I don't know that I'm actually going to 100% minish cap. Other than the ridiculous problem or the ridiculous complexity of actually 100% in that game, it is a very good game. I like it a lot. I think that's the only Zelda game I have not started. It is the, I think it was the only one I had never played um, up until this point. That's not true. I never actually started Phantom Hourglass because I wanted to beat Wind Waker first. Oh, I also haven't played Spirit Tracks. Now that you mentioned Has Phantom Hourglass. Has anyone played Spirit Tracks? <laughs> I feel like Matt Pat pretended to just so he can say Hero of Trains with more confidence, but. <laughs> no, I like Phantom Hourglass pretty well, too, actually. Uh, but Yeah, but pe- uh, people have played that one and some of them like it. That's fair. <laughs> Those are all the notable things I can think of that I have played. So, Zach, what have you been up to? I've been up to a pretty wide variety of random crap now that I think about it. See, I played a bunch of Fire Emblem Engage. Oh, yeah, I forgot that game came out. Yeah, how is it? I haven't beaten it yet because I got myself distracted again. My brother really doesn't like it. I don't remember why, though. I remember thinking, I remember telling him, yeah, that game looked like it had that problem. It's why I'm not interested. I was about to take out my phone to see why my brother doesn't like Fire Emblem Engage, but I did not bring my phone down here, so I cannot. It's not a bad game. It has a similar problem to a lot of the more recent ones in that they give you way too many lords, because they give you two for each nation that you run by, so you've got ten right there. Each one of them brings two more attendants, so you have just this this huge army of people, and... Then because they're like, hey, look, we have a hub system just like in uh, Three Houses. And I'm like, But you don't get okay. to seduce all the students away from their uh, their houses in it. So <laughs> well, it's <laughs> more a matter of like I go back and now there's a checklist of stuff I got to do when I go back every time I go back to someplace. Yeah, yeah and I- I'm saying that because I remember that was part of his complaint and is like it's not nearly as good as the school was in three houses and that was not like great but at least you got to seduce all the girls away from their houses. The rings are an interesting idea. Although you get farther in, and now just everybody has one. What 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 are the rings? The they they have the uh, the protagonists of previous Fire Emblem games in them, so their access. That's also how you give people new proficiencies with weapons, and they do special stuff like Ike can't dodge, but he makes whoever's carrying the ring an uh, absolute brick, so they can huh. just absorb a shitload of damage and dish it back out. So they're magicite. Gotcha. And. Uh, so and like I said, they all have different abilities. Ike's is really, really good. Celica's is really, really good. Marth is kind of eh. Lynn is pretty good. Uh, Corn is utility, which is kind of weird. Huh. It does also kind of have the problem of because you get the the two people who aren't melee characters in their respective games. You get the two casters early on in the game, and events occur that lead to you not having access to those rings for a while, so you can't give or do anything with the casters. Uh, yeah, everybody's like, oh man, casters are overpowered in Fire Emblem, so it's a good thing they took them down a peg. Well, Celica's like, special ring power lets you teleport and blast somebody. That does sound pretty good. Yeah. You can only use their powers like once per mission but yeah being able to teleport across the map and blow somebody up is really yeah have you played a fire emblem that sounds very useful it sounds like they're going very super robot wars with it like hey i have all these powers you don't need it kind of feels that way although um they they in order to unlock like the final tier for them all you have to do a special mission to fight them and uh the lynn one was harder than i expected it to be because i had a couple of flyers and she's an archer 
Yeah, I, I, it's okay. It's not like, oh my god, this game is going to light the world on fire. It's it's the best thing ever. It's like, oh yeah, it's okay. It's not terrible. Like I I'm in, I enjoyed it while I was playing it. So, but it it sounds like it's not as good as even more recent Fire Emblems. <sighs> I'm torn on whether or not I think it's better or worse than Three Houses. I don't actually know. Whether I, has or not anything I think topped that. Awakening yet? Is really what I want to know. Awakening is weird because Awakening's <laughs> really good except for like it's it's not good in the way I want a Fire Emblem game to be. Like, I feel dumb. Which one was Awakening? Chrome. Chrome. Okay, I got you. And Robin. And Lucina. And, right. And uh, Eugenics. More, most importantly, <laughs> Eugenics. See, I liked Awakening quite a bit, but I honestly think I have to go all the way back to Blazing Blade as my favorite. Really? Uh, I think Path of Radiance is my favorite. Blazing Blade's really good, though. I uh. can't remember. Like, I played. I played Path of Radiance once. And I I know Radiant Dawn is considerably worse, but I I remember Path Radiance being quite fun. The problem with Awakening is it's a Fire Emblem game that lets you grind, uh, and like there are two types of Fire Emblem games: ones that let you grind and ones that don't. And Awakening is by far and away the best one that lets you grind because it actually lets you use eugenics to make a whole bunch of super daughters <laughs> who have Pegasus powers and can move again every time they kill something, uh, and it lets you make. Team female supremacy, and also you can marry a dragon, so your daughter is also a dragon. Um, uh, but so it's by far the best of those. But it's still like you can just grind it, and it becomes very, very grindy to do that. There's not nearly as much of the. It, actually, Super Robot Wars Thirty kind of has the same problem. But All the Super Robot Wars it. have this problem, but well, especially you Thirty. Well, Thirty you can grind. You can't grind in the other ones. No, but you don't need to because hey, I have a friend. It lets me cast spells, and also I have a mana pool that lets me cast spells. Oh, and I have these items that let me cast. No, spells. No, I, I was just I, I was just noting it because you in Super Robot Wars there is a moment where it's like I can't. I have to be really careful about who I ace because of the fact that. I can't grind it, and if I want to get the secret character, I mean, that leads kind of into the second thing I played a lot of. I actually beat Super Robot Wars V again. Oh, nice. You still haven't beat 30 because nobody cares, but... <laughs> well, it's got the problem of... The main thing I'm there for in the Super Robot Wars games, because as Jeremy noted, they're easy as hell. Like, nobody is going to struggle playing a Super Robot Wars game. Uh, if you put it on the hardest difficulty, then the second level is a little tricky. But... The story in the wacky way they combine all these different worlds and have these characters interacting with each other, that's kind of what I'm there for. In Super Robot Wars 30, because they let you grind and kind of do the story in kind of whatever order they want it, you want it to do it in, they don't have that same feeling. You don't have this, this plot line of the Full Metal Panic character coming back and getting his new mech at the same time as Benazir and Hathaway are dealing with this other new type who's going crazy in a mobile armor and hey this guy just showed up with uh, another Gundam and they're making things difficult like that doesn't happen because the game doesn't know exactly who you have oh, because you can go to different things at different times there are set events but they're like hey this is the M this is the majestic prince plot so the majestic prince characters are the only ones that are relevant to this plot line so none of the other characters will necessarily interact with each other or to a very, very limited degree. And that's where I think it really kind of falls apart. And yeah, so you're there for the wacky high school AU, and they're like, but what if you're not in math class? So I, I V is also one of my one of my favorites, just because V is, I think, one of the ones that they also kind of design weirdly over-designed a couple of the things. The Yamato is incredibly freaking powerful as a battleship. 
It's like, all right, I'm going to be over here on this side of the map, and I'm going to shoot you on that side of the map and kill you because of my 10-range gun base, and I put a couple <laughs> of high-precision sensors. Uh, it's a 12 base, by the way. I I just played it. It's not a 12. It's a I 10. swear it's a 12 base. The shot cannons are 3 to 10. Oh, no, I'm thinking of the big gun. That's the big gun. Is it? I thought the... Uh, no, you're thinking of the wave motion yeah, cannon. Yeah, I'm thinking of the Yamato cannon. That's that's something that comes up much later. Like, the, the baseline gun it has are the shot cannons. <laughs> But um, I like how that's basically like calling it the gun gun. Yeah. <laughs> the shot cannon. No, shock. Shock. Oh, that makes much more sense. Um, okay. It's also got a, I, I like the roster a bit more than some of the other ones because like, I always refer to them as the Bash brothers, even though they're not brothers. Anjin Sosuke. Because it's like, okay, you two and your white mecha, go slaughter that half of the map. <laughs> Everybody else, the other 10 guys I have. You can handle the will rest. Will fight the rest of it. <laughs> Anj is super overpowered in that game. So is Sosuke. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, Anj is more so. Because Sosuke sometimes gets hit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so those those two characters are incredibly powerful in that game. They tamped them back in, in X, which, like, okay. I'm Also, you can get uh, Shinji, because the okay. Ava plot is in there too, but it's only like the first game. It's like the first two movies, because oh. the other ones hadn't come out yet. I forgot you could get God Shinji and uh, Super Evil Devil Mazinger in that game too. Yeah, those are definitely in there. So it's it's a fun game. Like it's not a it's not, again not gonna light the world on fire. It's not like oh my god, this is the best thing ever. But it's just a wacky set of hijinks for characters to be put in the same in the weird spot. And I think the last major one that springs to mind that isn't just building models because I think I've consign myself to doing that for all eternity now <laughs> um is i've been playing a lot of satisfactory because that's the game yep. i play to just kind of unwind and create problems for myself and i walk in and go how the hell did i do this what what did i do wrong what is what is broken and, and then usually... i discover it's because my train isn't long enough and i'm just <laughs> building up so much aluminum ingots that are they're backed up okay so t tell me why you use a train instead of just a bunch of conveyor belts because that would make things look even worse. <laughs> so is it purely and aesthetic? In this, or? Well, in this particular case, the train runs around the outside of the map, and this train has three stops. It stops at one station next to my power plants that picks up silica, takes it to where the bauxite that I found was, which is where our fuel generators were when we were playing, because that's okay. where I know where it is. Um, it's not a randomized map. Yeah. So, And it drops it off there because you need, you need um, silica to make... Aluminum. Aluminum scraps. Yep. Or and, Yeah, just aluminum. Uh, aluminum scraps are coal plus uh, aluminum, aluminous solution. And then, so it takes the aluminum that are made, and then it takes it all the way back around to where there is sulfur, because there's no sulfur over there. Okay. And I did that because I wanted to build batteries over there. But like And the problem is that I discovered batteries under their standard thing require aluminous solution. Uh, so I went ahead and I built this whole thing, and I found, fortunately, there was, some, there was some bauxite behind where I was, so I can make a luminous solution over here. But it's basically that way it can carry it over there, and because these are so, in such diverse places from each other, I didn't want to run a conveyor belt like through my base all the way over there, and so I built a train instead. No, that's really my question, is, like, is there an advantage of doing a train instead of just, like, running a conveyor belt to a central depot and then, like, fanning out from there? See, I think it depends on what you're going to do with it. My problem is that my central depot had already kind of become a mess, so I didn't need anything else making it more of a mess because I'm already doing that with other things. <coughs> um, like, I have caterium. I've got so much caterium yep. I was backing up, so I built another conveyor belt into a resource sink. 
because it was getting in the way. <laughs> but that that game's really fun. I would like to play it with people because I just find it more fun to play with people. I agree. I was I was gonna wait until update eight drop, but I checked their website and they're like, update eight when? We don't know. So uh I might just have to spin up a server again soon. Yeah, I mean, depending on what we decide to do for this week, it, if Well, I bought Mech Warrior, so <laughs> I mean, I initially threw that out as a joke. I didn't expect anybody to jump on it, but I am totally on board with playing that for a little while with people. Uh, I like Mech Warrior games, I just haven't played one since three, so if it starts to lag and get really problematic for you, turn off DLSS. Good to know. Well, that's what I found. Like, mine was overflowing. It's like, you need 16 gig of RAM. That's the recommended, you know, the, the recommended specs. And I'm like, why are you taking up 30 gig of my RAM game? And I looked up the solution and it was like, why is it doing this? And it, the solution was turn off DLSS. Gotcha. Um, I have and a rapid fire so. three games I remember that I played. Okay. Did I have anything else that I had been? Yeah, I mean, look. We should let Zach finish, but I mean, there's all I've I've always played. I'm always playing League of Legends, so that doesn't really count. That's fair. Like I'm always playing Smash. I'm not going to talk about Smash. I don't think there's anything. Oh no, I started replaying Re- Persona Five: The Royal. Oh yeah, like, that's the other big one. It's it's still fun. I didn't do a new game plus because that's the last time I played that game. I ended at level 99. So it's like if I want to play the game for the actual game again, which is kind of what I want to do. You can't I'm do that. Not going to do that. So. It's a it's a fun game. Like it's available on Steam, and the reason why is because I was like, "Hey, it's a it's on sale on Steam," and uh, I could buy it on Steam. <laughs> I should avoid this. <laughs> I mean, I'm debating. I've actually been debating it because, like Jeremy was saying off the mics, my if eventually my PlayStation Four is going to go bad, digital copy won't go bad on me. This at least is, in theory. Like ninety percent of the time, I prefer to buy a PC version. The problem is, like, if Steam dies at some point in some nebulous future. Um, that's like most of my video game library. So well, that's one of the reasons why I like having hard copy Blu-rays and stuff. Cause there's a lot of stuff that isn't available to stream anymore. And there's at least one or two things that are available to stream on Funimation plus, but I canceled that subscription when they merged with Crunchyroll. But for some <laughs> reason, those haven't moved. And I'm like, cool. Why? I asked the help desk ticket. I sent it a help desk thing for their support ticket, and I asked them about it. And they're like, well, we're moving everything over. And I'm like, you haven't moved anything over in like six months. Like, come yeah. on, dude. What do you remember, Tyler? Okay, so one of them is a roguelike deck builder. So, huzzah. It's called Power Cord, and it's about a post-apocalyptic future where metal bands had to fight metal demon bands and obtain the miraculous Chronocaster to reset time. It's one of those, it's like a new-ish style of uh, deck builder that I've seen where you have party members and you have cards that are played by them specifically. This one has a sure pull of energy between the band, but like if your bassist dies, you can't play bassist cards anymore, um, and then they're just dead weight in your hand. It's really fun, and I, like I almost like it as much as Slay the Spire, which is high praise for a deck builder for me. So that's my recommendation for it. The other game I started that I completely forgot about um, because I haven't gone back to it because it's just it's a lot is Disco Elysium. Holy crap. That's a good game. Uh, I have heard very good things about Disco Elysium. Um, I think this is a game I've heard a lot about, but I don't think it's a game that would be for me. No, I don't think it's a Zach game. Um, it's it's uh, very much inspired by those old like uh, PC adventure games like uh, Planescape. And so like if you're not a fan of that style of game. You're probably not going to like this. Um, the thing is, it's like incredibly dense. I spent like three hours and I got walked maybe like a block from the building you start in because so all the characters have so much dialogue and it is hilarious and or disturbing or both at the same time. Oh, I totally just remembered a game that I played. 
Excellent. Interrupt me. Do it. <laughs> I played through the Mass Effect trilogy again. Oh, yeah. Since, since we last recorded this podcast. Did you convince Saren to kill himself? I did. Okay. You played correctly. <laughs> it's still a good gameplay, good story all the way up to the point when it ends, and then it kind of goes sideways. Massively effective. Nah, massively ineffective, I think. <laughs> the last game that I played is yet uh, it's a roguelike dungeon crawler thing. Uh, it's a 2D side-on view platformer game called Scourgebringer. Um, that is extremely frenetic combat set to metal music. Um, and if that sounds like your jam, then it is your jam. Trust me, Scourgebringer is a really fun game. The only reason I'm not still playing it is I have now beaten it like three times and it gets wildly more difficult after you've beaten it a couple times. I'm like, I don't, I don't need any more of that in my life right now. So the Goombas all turn into buzzy beetles. Exactly. Uh, you have to jump on them twice now. Can't fireball them. Can't fireball them. What, what's even the point? At least they're not spiky top bu- buzzy beetles. I did also play some Mario 3, but that's barely worth talking about. So, okay, that's actually all I had. I did it. <laughs> all right. Uh, we played Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, Ryan likes it. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. <laughs> I appreciate the game a lot. I have some problems with it we'll get into. Zach, I have no idea what his relationship is with this game. He seems to hate it, but he did beat it. I beat it purely out of spite. Why? <laughs> Why did you do? Why did you watch Yasahime, Zach? <laughs> Maybe there's some uh, there's some self-flagellating in there that we haven't actually addressed yet. No, it, like the thing is, I couldn't. I can't actually necessarily answer that whole thing. Mostly because, like, I don't think I've ever been so bored and frustrated with a game as I was with this one. And yet somehow I managed to beat it. Maybe it's because it was only seven hours, and I was like. I will set aside, I will just fight two Colossi a night. Weirdly, that's what I did also. I was fighting two Colossi a night until I decided I didn't want to anymore. <laughs> um, because I I don't, boring is not the right word for this game, I don't think. But I think it is the right feeling for this game. Because that's why I quit playing it. As I wasn't really enjoying the good parts, which are stabbing a Colossus in the... Yeah, should, should we describe what this game is for anyone um, who has never heard of Shadow so of the Colossus So first thing you somehow? do is you start at your temple. Then you go on your commute on the worst handling fast travel available, even worse I, than the I Mako. Would, I would not call it fast travel, because in video games that implies you go to a map and you say, I would like to be where I am now. Okay, it's so, regular travel. So your vehicle. Yes, your vehicle. Glue. Then you get to a Colossus, or probably a barrier, have to get off of glue and then go fight it with dipshit. Usually by climbing all over its body and stabbing it in its glow <laughs> weak spot. Yep. Can you tell I named the characters in this because they didn't bother to? Yep. Well, I mean, the did. horse is named. He's Argo. You guys says it all the time. Glue, got it. Well, actually, for a long time, he was just useless. Shadow of the Colossus is one of those games before I feel like things were mass market profitable, and it makes some decisions. I don't know that they're all good decisions, but it makes some decisions. It was a game that came out at the time that they were becoming mass market profitable. Like, this game is newer than Final Fantasy X, only That's by fair. a little bit. But, like, there have been 10 Final Fantasies. There was mass market appeal. It was in this window, though where people were or games were starting to become what games are and there are a handful of games that were attempts to be like but what if they were something else yeah i, I guess more like things now are designed a lot by what i called uh d- decision by committee where like anything that is like not a great choice or not a like mass market choice gets cut right and this game makes some arguably not very good decisions well it kind of depends because like there are some things that still get through that are per- pretty poor decisions i mentioned the mako earlier the ground portions of the first Mass Effect game are awful. They feel terrible to play. Hey. The, it's just a square mile 
of terrain on a map that you have to just drive around doing nothing of use until the like get to the three locations that actually have something on them. Uh, Tyler said video games that have been made recently, Zach, not video games prior to the Obama administration. <laughs> I was going to say, when did uh, the original Mass Effect come out? Um, we were having this discussion 2007. off the mic, and we weren't okay, sure, I was but right. it, was it was before Obama. I was right, it was 2007. Um, I thought I thought it was in that neighborhood because I remember still being in high school when it came out. Yeah, I was going to say, games that ha- came out when we were in high school, Zach, are not re- games that came out recently. Well, it kind of, de- also, the uh, mass market appeal thing does kind of also depend because, like, MechWarrior 5, that's not really a mass market thing. That's a, that was a niche market. Yeah, no, and I, I think there are games that are that, but I think a lot of games that, like, would get a major console release will go through so many rounds of revision, they have, like, all the rough corners rounded off. And Shadow of Colossus is closer to a AAA game, like, at the time, than MechWarrior 5 was when it came out. MechWarrior 5 is definitely on the AA side of things. We're not talking AAA. (laughs) AAA, you might be right. But, like, I I usually consider AA, because they're not... They're not the independent developer, like the guy that did Stardew Valley, or, or stuff that's specifically kickstarted, like Darkest Dungeon, or something like that. Whereas... Like, they're not with the big boys. They're not doing this live service bullshit. Exactly. Well, and Tyler's point is, this is kind of a big boys game. Yeah. In in terms of the budget for it and the development time that it went into it. And yet it has some baffling design decisions. But it's also, like, it's a super art house game, right? If this game came out today, people would assume it was a indie developer, like, 15-man team that this was their sweetheart game. Because it's super art house. The game it most reminds me of is actually Portal. Because they're all interesting. They're both very short, very focused games. The other big uh, comparison po- point for me is Luigi's Mansion, but that's more because that's a game that Nintendo was like, "Hey, what if video games were like cartoons?" And we made this game that only takes like four hours to beat, and it's a weird Resident Evil parody by Nintendo. But like, <laughs> it's also like a ride like Disney's Haunted Mansion, and there's all sorts of cool stuff that you can see. And people are like, "This game is too short. It sucks." <laughs> I mean, I. I only have the comparison point, like I said, I use the the Mako because it feels very similar to me in this game. I don't know what I would compare it to otherwise for games I've played recently because there really isn't anything. I think, it's not the kind of game I usually seek out. So no, that's for sure true, and I, I think that's part of. I I think calling it an art house game is actually a fairly apt comparison because I think like evaluating art, this game is highly subjective like you you find riding around on a horse through a barren wilderness boring i find it puts me in a super contemplative mood and i like that it's a commute yeah and i get very contemplative on commutes i like a little bit of a commute so it's there for its atmosphere and for pacing it's not supposed to be fun and anytime you're making a video game and you put in something that's not supposed to be fun that's going to be contentious yeah especially when it's 50 percent of your game up it's not, but it is in pacing, right? Because the other reason it's, it exists is because if it didn't, this game would just be Boss Rush, the game. And there needs to be something between those colossi. However, I did find myself, like you, Zach, pretty bored going from Colossus to Colossus, while at the same time realizing I would be just as bored if all I did was fight Colossus, fight Colossus, fight Colossus, fight Colossus, even though that's the content of the game. I will admit... The th- the thing that I did kind of appreciate and kind of like in a way was your navigation aid. As annoying as it could be on occasion, and I didn't like using it, I like the idea. Yeah, where I- you have to hold up your sword in a, in a sunny area for it to point you in the right direction. But it did, it did lead to my second death of the game after I punished useless for not listening to my commands. And I ended up getting killed because I went the wrong way and didn't want to deal with going back down the stairs. <laughs> 
I like that a lot more than like the modern day, like, hey, just a trail of lights because it's way more active, right? It's like checking your phone to see if you're going the right way. It's more like a triangulation tool. It makes the navigation more of a game, even if it's not enough of a game. I almost kind of don't like having maps in open world games. Like, I obviously I would never want to play without them now that I now that I have one. But like to some extent, like I kind of miss being able to get lost. And this game like is a weird balance between those because I think you still can get lost, but only temporarily and only because of like it's dark here, and which is never a permanent condition. So, but I think the purpose of the open world is like, and the reason you have the sword navigation is the game wants you to just wander around if that's what you want to do. And someone like Zach, who is super objective focused, is going to be like, "Why would I ever want to do that?" Well, I can imagine why I would want to do that if I, if there was anything worthwhile to find in the open world, but there's nothing there. So you can pray at these shrines to regain health. Why would I do that? My health comes back by itself. Yeah, because the purpose is the activity itself. It's not anything out there. Which is, like I said, to a person like you, there's no point. Why would you do it? You can imagine a point, but there isn't one. <laughs> I'm saying, for some people, it's just about the journey, brother. <laughs> and, like, to your point, I agree with you. I wish there was other stuff to do in this. But on the other hand, that's like looking at a painting and being like, man, I wish there were more trees in this landscape. Right? Like, I don't know. I, I guess my point is it's fairly subjective. Uh, so, <laughs> And again, I really appreciate that because I really don't like the Ubisoft design space where open worlds are just full of random, random things shit. for you to check off. Like, that's the other side of the coin. And I really don't like that trend. That's a, a weird comparison point, I think, is uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus is a game that had a fairly dense world. But like, I wish... Like, you could go off into the corner, and there was nothing there at all a lot of the time. And, like, that is a game that I wish had something else, or at least, like, hey, look at this cool statue or something, even if it didn't have any in-game effect. Well, I think the obvious, like, end point is Breath of the Wild, right? Which we were talking about earlier, where any point in Breath of the Wild might just be a really cool thing you found, or it might have a Korok seed super hidden, or it might have a shrine or, like, just an item you can pick up. There are all sorts of possibilities. And I think that's, like, what this game at its best could be. But I think in 2002, this is all it could be, and I really appreciate it for what it was. We should talk about the bulk of the gameplay, since we've just been talking about the, <laughs> the void that happens between the I, Actually, I think we have been talking about the bulk of the gameplay. It's a commute. <laughs> but then you get to fight the, the big Colossus, and hope your guy listens to what you have to tell him. I don't know. I didn't find the controls to be that unresponsive. There's, like, some wiggliness in, like, when you're on a Colossus and it's shaking. And your guy will sort of stumble and you lose control. And that can be frustrating, but it's predictable and consistent. Well, I had a couple of annoying instances right at the start of this game. It took me about 10 minutes to get to the actual first Colossus because I couldn't climb up the wall because he wouldn't grab the ledge. I assume it would ended up being a grabbable ledge at some point. Well, you have to climb up that mo- that like those like leaves. Yeah, because they're showing you the leaves look like the fur on the Colossus, which is what you can climb. So they are teaching you in that subtle way. But then he wouldn't grab the top of the ledge. Huh. Oh, you just climb it and he would just like be stuck on the wall. Yeah. So and then I went down to the like there's a bit of broken terrain there. So I'm like, I must have to get up here. That didn't work either. I Until really, eventually it just worked. I'm really beginning to think that you're playing a cursed version of this game, Zach. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, there's some awkwardness in the controls, but there was never anything like that when I played it. Like, there's a stiffness that, like, in Dark Souls feels super intentional and here's doesn't quite, but it's predictable and consistent once you figure it out. So the bulk of the game is trying to turn a platformer into a boss battle, which is something I, again, really appreciate as somebody who likes platforming games and sort of wishes games were more all meat. And this bot, this, is it 16 Colossi? I can never remember. It's 16, 16 or yep. 18. 
Those numbers are the same in my head. It's 16 boss battles. They're all sort of puzzle fights after the first one, and that the Colossi has a weakness, and you need to figure out the thing that will let you climb to it. One, for example, is a bird, so you have to go down where it will swoop down on you and just jump up and grab onto it. And um, then climb it. You do a lot of climbing of various beasts. Well, the bird, you don't so much climb like climbing the bird as you get on its wing and then just walk over to its weak point. Well, that's fair. <laughs> and I think there are a lot of really good design decisions in this, particularly the way you attack. You can just swing your sword, but that doesn't do anything. You have to like sort of rear it back and you press square once to start rearing and you press it again to stab in. And I think that's actually very effective at creating tension because, of course, you want to wait as long as possible to get the max swing. But also, if the Colossus is moving, it adds a tension. And I think that's actually a really good attack pattern. I think that might actually be my favorite thing of this game is that sort of trade-off. The, the, the fact that you have to, like, cock your sword. <laughs> the I, problem is wh that I have with regards to that kind of thing is that I've already solved your puzzle. Yes. Now you're just adding busy work. Well, I think that adds tension. I agree with you, Zach, though. I have compared this game to Sonic the Hedgehog off the mic. And that's because if you mess up in this game, your health is punished very, very little. But you have to start over from square one. And that sucks because, like Zach said, I've already solved the puzzle and I've already performed the platforming. Yeah. You're just making me do it again. And that sucks. Yeah, I meant to mention this earlier, but I, I uh, was raving briefly about crosscode. But that is a thing that they have in later dungeons is if you mess up a puzzle or a platforming challenge, you have to start a very long segment over again. And I hate it when games do that. It is like my real human time is not the thing that you should be penalizing here. I think it's a very like thin margin, right? Like Dark Souls is the one everyone compares things to because of the soul mechanic that makes it super tense and exciting when you die because you have to do it again to get back to where you were, but which creates a real tension. I mean, the thing that I, I think about when that I was thinking about with regards to this game and Dark Souls 3, at one point in Dark Souls 3 against Aldrich, I spent six hours after work just trying to kill him. Yeah, just bashing your head just on it. Just bashing my head on it, and it felt more rewarding than the six hours I spent playing this game. <laughs> oh, but that's a little apples to oranges, though, I think. I mean, Dark Souls is very satisfying, don't get me wrong. But that's kind of also the point I'm trying to get at. While I agree, sometimes it's really frustrating for a game to make you redo that. I appreciate that Dark Souls makes you do the entire boss fight, right? And like, even if it has phases, you have to get to that next phase again. And like, there's lines. Because I also like in Mario that like, there are checkpoints and that can be like four levels at a time. I and I'm playing a lot of Final Fantasy and I'm starting to do a lot of Savage content. And if you die, you just start the entire fight over. I, I think the difference in, like between Dark Souls and Shadow of the Colossus, though, is that Shadow of the Colossus is very rarely an execution challenge. Yes. And like it becomes boring once you know how to solve a thing and you are now just going through the rote motions in order to do it. Exactly. And I think even like Let Me Solo Her is not so good at Souls games that he feels like he's going through the motions, right? Yeah. I think that is why you can bash your head against something like a boss in Dark Souls for six hours is because it is always an execution challenge. Well, you get that adrenaline, right? Everybody knows that the first time you fight a boss, you almost beat it, and then you can't get like even a quarter way through for some reason on yep. your next 25 <laughs> attempts. I think I was just on some weird wavelength. I beat the dancer on my second try. Oh, and the I only mean, reason why I lost to her on the first try was because I went into that fight with absolutely no resources because I wasn't expecting to be dumped into it as soon as I beat Aldrich. <laughs> but my point is there's room for both, right? But like you said, I think it is because this isn't an execution challenge. It's a puzzle. And it's like sort of interesting to try to figure out, oh, how, how do I get up on this horse? But once you do, if you fall off, it's just a pain busy work to do it again. Yeah. Because you've already completed the challenge. The challenge was the puzzle, which is also like 
maybe my biggest criticism of this game is the problem with all puzzle games. If you miss the aha moment, you're just stuck. You can look it up, but then you've cheated yourself out of the game. But that's just a problem with puzzle games, and I don't think the game should not be a puzzle game. And the only one that I had, because like I said, I beat this game. The only one I had a problem with and that I actually looked up was the fourth Colossus. Because that one is not clear in the slightest. And I, it's the first one you actually have your horse available to you. Ah. So I was like, okay, so clearly I'm supposed to use the horse to jump onto it. Nope, you're supposed to wait five minutes for it to get bored and look for you underneath the ground. And then you can go over and hop on. I think the problem with that one is not that it's not clear. It's that the like it's not programmed well enough, right? Like It doesn't respond as quickly as it should to you doing what you need to do. So then you're like, oh, am I doing the wrong thing? Let me try something else. And then you move away from the solution actively. Like, like the feedback loop isn't tight enough? Yeah. Because the hints are like, hey, do this. And like the hint made me go, oh, yeah, I just do this. Well, the hint but, said distract him. So I'm like, I distracted him. And now I must have to use the horse to hop on the back. Yeah. And um, no, that's not how you're supposed to do that. Yeah. Which, like I said, is a problem with puzzle games, right? Is if you don't have the aha moment, you're just stuck. Well, in that one particular case, it's like, okay, I know what I'm supposed to do. I've got the aha moment. But because, like you said, it, it takes so long to respond to you performing yeah. the correct action. You, you think, that, oh, I must have gotten it wrong. Yeah. So it, it drops you in a weird spot where it's like, I did this wrong. When, no, you didn't do it wrong. They just screwed up on their end. Like Some of the Colossi are kind of cool ideas. They look kind of neat. Some of them are just tedious to deal with. Most of them are tedious to deal with. The unfortunate thing about that is I think that's going to be subjective, though. Some pe- I, I think you're correct. A lot of them are tedious to deal with. But I think if you ask anyone who played this game, which ones didn't you like? It's going to be the one that they messed up on and had to claim twice or the one that took them longer to figure out. And it's not going to be like the same for everyone there's, other than the fourth one, because I think it's just programmed wrong. There's one that uh, you had to get a like a torch. I, I remember fi- that one. I couldn't figure out how to pick up the torch for a little while. I was trying to figure out how I was supposed to push a brazier on it. I'm like, I m- must have to do with these. But no, you're supposed to pick up the torch, which... The game doesn't actually tell you you have an action to do that. How do we think this game does it teaching you how to play it? Because I'm really torn on it. Because there are some things I think are genuinely genius. Like I said, the fact that the leaves you climb at the start look like the hair you can climb on. That's like triple S grade tutorialization. But then for every... Assuming it works. (laughs) But then for every bit like that, I feel like there's a bit like the horse that you're dealing with too long. Or like that torch you didn't know how to pick up. But then you did figure it out without looking it up, right? So... I mean, I, I think it kind of averages out. Like, it, I never had any... I think I just started pushing buttons on it. Yeah, I, I never had any, like, particularly satisfying aha moments. And I'm not sure if that means it was doing well or if it was doing poorly. Like, a, as a puzzle game, I do not know that it succeeds. Per- like, you compared it to Portal, right? And, like, Portal, I had so many, like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. And I never really had any of that with Shadow of the Colossus. I think the other reason I compare it to Portal is both are brief games. Portal is even briefer. Yeah. But both are games that aren't like, hey, let's put a bunch of extra stuff in here to make it take longer, right? Both games are like, this is the game we have. This is what we want. I mean, you can argue that the commute is part of that, but I think the commute is intentional and part of the game. It's part of the feeling he wanted to give you. Zach, you just don't want that feeling. Yeah, that's what I was getting at earlier when I said, like, this game makes some decisions. I don't know that they're necessarily good decisions, but at least make some bold decisions. And I think that's why people who really like this game really, really like this game. Because if those decisions sing to you, where else are you going to get what this game gives you? I think Dark Souls is the closest thing, but that's a super difficult execution challenge on top of that. And as video game players, I think the three of us want that, but I don't think everybody wants that. Well, I mean, if you want to just roam around an empty world for a while, you can do that in Mass Effect as well. <laughs> I will say, um, as, as kind of like a final thought on this, when I first played this, I was in a dorm room in college, and I always had an audience. 
disappointed, and I think it actually really benefited from that experience. So, I mean, that makes sense because the scale of this game is really high, right? I mean, we've seen plenty of games like it since, but, but especially in 2002 on the PlayStation 2, what game had bosses like this yeah. that were such a spectacle? And, and the answer is basically nothing. Um, and that also makes like those like wandering through the middle of nowhere scenes like a, an entirely different feeling because you have you have you a have people you're talking to. Yeah. Well, and, like a lot of it was like trying to figure out the mystery. And like, that's one of the things I liked about this game when I first played it is it was one of the first games that had kind of a non resolution of an ending, which I also like it for like you don't save the day at the end. You don't save the girl. It just ends and you kill the bunch of things for no good reason. And I, I like that, <laughs> so. Yeah, I think also the story is, like, pointed at Zack to dislike. But again, if you like this sort of story, there are actually other places to get this sort of story. But there yeah. are a lot of them. What, guy shows up with MacGuffin to a temple out in the middle of freaking nowhere and is told, go kill a bunch of stuff? Sounds like a pretty basic story to me. Well, and then it doesn't work, <laughs> is is the interesting part. Nah, she gets up at the end. Oh, not, not in the original. Am I misremembering this entirely? Well, I thought she, she... Get, she gets up and she stabs you. Oh, is how I, I remember it going. Because that's not you... how that one went from when I was playing. This. I, I think we need to look up the ending of this game because I am now very confused. I thought she just stayed dead. <laughs> because they, they are tricking you, and you've killed a bunch of gods for the evil people, and that's how, that's how I remember it ending. And a bunch of guys show up and they're like, "No, you invaded the uh, the ancient land." And I'm like, "Yeah, you know, a toll booth might have done something to help with that." <laughs> Or All I had was the horse I rode in on. Because, you know, I just kind of showed up and... Well, I take back what I said about a non-ending name, because if she gets up and stab you, stabs you, that's a pretty clear resolution. So She didn't get up and stab me. So maybe there's multiple endings to this game. That would also be wild. Although uh, you played I also the... haven't beat it since 2005. I was in high school. I, I played it before Tyler did. Yeah, I was going to say this is also, you play the PS4 version, so who knows? Maybe there are multiple endings. I have no idea now. Yeah, I didn't beat it this time. I don't know. Somehow glue got up and came back. Falling, you know, a few hundred feet into a ravine apparently was nothing more than a uh, minor inconvenience to that stupid animal. <laughs> Zach, uh, I know you can't answer this question, but why do you have t so much antipathy towards things? I don't understand why you personify and externalize so much on them, especially when you're the one who chose to beat this game. Well, you chose to spend with, six with... hours on it out of spite. I like. I'm not gonna say I don't believe that. I just don't understand it even a little bit. I mostly wanted to be able to say I actually had beaten the game, especially because it wasn't that long. It's not. But if the game is boring and not difficult, where's the value in that? See, that's what I can't answer. Mostly, the reason why I dislike, I I, I had so much irritation towards the horses because of how annoyingly difficult it is to control, especially going. Since I have to spend so much time with it going everywhere, I'm like, okay, now turn left, and the thing will just be like, very slowly start turning left, and I'm like, okay, go faster. Go faster. So it is your your need to complete objectives. Because everything you said is correct, but it didn't bug me even a little bit. It just gave me a feeling of, oh, this is like an animal, it doesn't control very well. It's slow and kind of <laughs> stubborn, and I have to fight it. It's like, it's too much like a real horse. Ironically, Yeah. And that just like doesn't even it wouldn't even occur to me to be bothered by that, but it is because you just want to be done. And like the the weird thing is, I feel like this is usually a reversal of us. When I started to agree with you and wanted to be done, I just stopped playing the game. Oh no! As far I as I can tell, I just wanted to clear. I just wanted to clear because I thought it was you know I I haven't cleared any other games, so I was like I will just I'll beat this game. I I don't beat every game that we play, but 
I have not beat most of the games we played. That Shadow of the Colossus, I think, like, I don't know where I want to rank this. Because there's lots of things I like about it and lots of things I don't like about it. I have mild antipathy, well, probably major antipathy <laughs> towards this game, but I feel like it goes somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I, I agree. I, like, I have a lot of respect for, like I said, they made some choices, and I do like that they made some weird-ass choices. I don't think they worked out. I think largely. a lot of them failed. I, I agree, But yes. <laughs> I do like the fact that they tried something new. Like I said, there were a couple of the colossi that I thought were cool designs. They weren't always fun to fight. Navigating the open world, it w- it feels empty because it is. There's nothing there. It's not interesting. It's It's a commute. But they made the choice for a reason, and they wanted to get a certain feeling. They didn't get it from me, but they get it from some people. And you say you think it goes somewhere towards the middle? I think maybe it goes somewhere towards the middle of video games. I don't know if it's going to... I think on the list it might skew high. But also when we see this list, I thought Super Mario Brothers should be the game at the exact middle of the list. Because that's a pretty good game. But it's not. It's pretty basic and simple. And it's not. It's very high on the list because it actually turns out that's worth a lot. So speaking of, we have a list on our website, www.lastpodcast.com, listing all the video games we've played from best to worst. At the top is Chrono Trigger. It made decisions with Akira Toriyama. <laughs> At the bottom is City Connection. I don't think it made any decisions. I, I, I agree. I think City Connection made zero decisions. I, I think it made the decision we want to get paid for this video game now, so it is released. <laughs> In the dead center, we have Blades of Steel. Also a game that does not make very many decisions, but... I mean, they put a fighting minigame in a hockey. Well, that's fair. That's fair. I definitely think Shadow of the Colossus is better than that, though. Yeah, than Blades of Steel. Yes, I agree. Where is Dark Souls? Because I... Like four, I think. Okay. Because it's not nearly... I I do not think it's nearly as good as Dark Souls, but... Yeah, I'm I'm willing to agree with that. That seems like an obvious comparison point. Where's Knights of the Old Republic? It's at 54. That seems like just a really weird comparison point to me. It was one of the more modern games that I could remember us playing that wasn't that I knew wasn't super duper high. But uh, like, but a few spots below that is Sonic Adventure Two Battle, and I unironically think Sonic Adventure Two Battle is a better game <laughs> than Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, also a game that makes a lot of decisions, like putting <laughs> the tails and knuckles levels in there. Maybe I'm being unfair to Shadow of Colossus and ignoring those parts. Uh, no, I would agree with you. I think Sonic Adventure Two Battle is a better game. I'm just remembering all the terrible music on the Knuckles stages. So another game I think Dark Souls owes some legacy to is The Legend of Zelda. And I think this is probably not as good as the original Legend of Zelda, but we're pretty close. I think I agree. Hmm. Hmm. The problem is I think all the puzzles in the original Legend of Zelda are simpler than any of the puzzles in Shadow of the Colossus, but But, not by a wide margin. Like, they're both puzzles, and that's almost all they have in common. Yeah. Because these are movement puzzles, right? And, like... Interaction with an object puzzle. To me, they also both evoke a feeling of, like, more in the case of Zelda Adventure and more in the case of Shadow of the Colossus Mystery. Um, That's why, A, I think Dark Souls draws from both of them. Yep. And B, I made this comparison. But for both of those things, like, I prefer Adventure slightly more than I prefer Mystery, so, like, it's going to fall on Zelda for me, but... I think I would fall on Zelda as well. Uh, A game that is actually its contemporary, how do we think it compares to Devil May Cry? And this Poorly. is very much... That is a wild... <laughs> the original Devil May Cry? Yeah. And this is very much comparing an art house film to a blockbuster. I stand by my statement. I think Devil May Cry is better. Um, I will also say I think there's a reason blockbusters are more popular on average. So. <laughs> yes, but o- often the art house flick is more enduring 20 years later. That's fair. And uh, we are 20 years later, so... The problem and is Devil Do- May Cry has had 
several sequels. It's got we have s- gotten none for Shadow of the Colossus. I mean, so I think that one is exi- has uh, kind of proven that. That just proves one's an art house flick and one's a blockbuster, Zach. One of those tends to have sequels and one of those doesn't, regardless of quality. Um, yeah, and the gameplay is still fun. Yeah, I will say, like, Devil May Cry is still very fun. Also, it has so many bad, memeable moments. I am not arguing with you guys. I also think Devil May Cry is better, but I'm playing Devil's Advocate because oh, yeah. I think a lot of the comparison points aren't necessarily true, even if I agree with the conclusion. Okay, here's another very simple, easy-to-beat game that made some choices. How do we think it compares to Pokemon Snap? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I like Shadow of the Colossus. I Let me rephrase this. Mm. I respect Shadow of the Colossus more than oh, Pokemon yeah, Snap. One is inherently respectable and one is not, but does that make it a better video game? I think I have to give it to Shadow of the Colossus. I think it is trying more than Pokemon Snap did, even though I think Pokemon Snap is maybe a more fun game. It's my knee-jerk reaction, Pokemon Snap, me being maliciously irritable against this game, or do I actually think that? I Like I said, I think Pokemon Snap not, is more fun. <laughs> I'm not sure if I think it's a better game, because Pokemon Snap has... Like, it's not necessarily the same kind of puzzle, right? Like, Pokemon Snap, you're trying to catch, all, catch them all, just in different ways, and using the tools to go through the same stages over and over again to find something new. Yeah, the more Shadow of the Colossus about- is like... Go here, kill that thing, and it's not going to change. Your capabilities are never going to change. They're the same from the first to the last Colossus. So the more I, the more I've talked about this, the more I think I actually think Pokemon Snap is a better game. That because is because it has advancement mechanics. Is that not your argument? Not just because you have advancement mechanics, but because you are constantly trying to figure out how to do something and get something new. Well, like, okay. like there's an because like you go through that first, you do the first, uh, the first time you go to the lava level. And you take all the pictures of the things, but you don't, like, for example, hit the char. You don't know. You that don't the, make a Charizard okay, happen. No, you don't make a Charizard I, happen or anything like that. Your, your argument is that Pokemon Snap, as we said, is a rail shooter, and that has a mastery element, which makes it more interesting than a puzzle game. Well, especially because in the mastery element, it means that I it's the execution challenge again. Because with Shadow of the Classes, there were a couple of them where I'm like, I've solved your puzzle, and you're making me go up again because you just kicked me off, despite the fact that I solved the puzzle. I think something else that it has going, or uh, Pokemon Snap has going for it, is that it is a denser game. That's not necessarily better or worse, but for uh, those of us with short attention spans, I am very pleased with how weirdly comparable these two games. Right. Are. <laughs> I also think I think Pokemon Snap is better, um, mostly because I mean, of the mastery element. It was a legitimately difficult question for me to work out, which is why I, I spent some time trying to work it out. Another old uh, sort of art house game. How do we think it compares to? How do we think it compares to Planescape Torment? This is a game. That's a game I didn't get too far in because I got I got stuck on the main enemy of the game. I mean, the text boxes. <laughs> how, do you think the fact that you be it out of spite or something else finish this game says something about it being better? Well, I think I think this game handles better than Planescape Torment. I think that's why I bounced off Planescape so badly. Was it handles pretty poorly? In handles the, in the worse controls? than a wild horse. <laughs> and, just putting that on um, the back of the box. <laughs> and because as I, I kind of made the joke, it, it's a story-based game, and so your main enemy is the journal. It, it's, it's the text boxes. That's what you're trying to get through. It's got a lot of good ideas. Kind of the same thing with Shadow of the Colossus. It's a much deeper game because it's a full-fledged RPG. I'm not sure... I might lean towards Shadow of the Colossus because I was able to, even if I did it out of spite and uh, getting around the boredom and a frustration, I did beat the game. I did do it. The problem is I like the concept of Planescape more than I like the concept of Shadow. Like, in my head, I like Planescape Torment more than I like Shadow of Colossus. 
but I do think I like Shadow of the Colossus more. Um, I think it is. I think I might be in the same place. I really like the idea behind Planescape Torment, but actually playing Planescape Torment is torment. Okay, there are no games left on the list that makes any sense to compare this to. I don't think. Oh well, Zach and I just agreed. Oh yeah, no, no, oh. but we have, now we have to go up. There's oh, a, there's okay, a range gotcha, in there. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, no, there are ten games or. Nine games between Pokemon Sap and Playscape Torment. What's the game at number five between the two? Uh, no, I'm just going to go to the bottom one because I don't think it's better than Castlevania 3. Which one is Castlevania 3? Uh, Rondo of Blood? No, uh, Rondo of Blood is later. Castlevania 3 is the first one where you have multiple characters. Oh, it's the one with Maria. Yes. Yeah, no, I agree. Castlevania is just heckin' fun. I think that was so. the first <laughs> Castlevania I ever played, so I think I might... I think it... you played Castlevania 2 as well with us. And I, think I thought you, you played play 3 first for whatever reason, I, but I could be It's possible, I don't think so. I don't remember. That was like 10 years ago at this point. <laughs> Getting um, up on it. All right. So Shadow of the Colossus <laughs> goes at number 93 above Planescape Torment and below Castlevania 3 in this weird dark corner of the list. <laughs> Someone give them a flashlight. <laughs> no, a shining sword. What are we going to play next week, Tyler? What are we going to play next quarter, Tyler? Um, yeah, next quarter. Uh, well, I want to call this before we hit episode 300. Um, so I was going to call Majora's Mask finally. All right, if you want it on Wii U, buy it before the end of this week when we're recording because the Wii U shop is shutting down in <laughs> oh. one week from the date of our recording. I also have this on GameCube. Um, yeah, I don't have a GameCube. I, I do. I, I have an N64 cartridge of this game. It is broken. Oh, yeah, I have an N64 cartridge. I have it on GameCube. And also, I just have a Switch and I paid them the the monies. I mean, yeah, I so. suppose I could pay them one month worth of the monies to play the, to play Majora's Mask. Yeah, or I could force my GameCube on you, whichever works. <laughs> so, next time on Last Time, the moon!